0: Glad to see you, I've got good news for you. We're going to talk tonight about something that pertains to everyone in this room because we're what we're going to talk about. Well, we all have one, we, they're different, everyone's is different. Some are uh, lengthy, some are really brief, some are even ancient. Some are filled with truth, and others are filled with lies, or uh, at least exaggerations. Some have a lot of sadness. Some have a lot of joy. We all have a story, don't we? And I want you to think tonight about your story and about the fact that the choices you make now, being here tonight, you decided to come here instead of watching the derby. That's your story. That's part of your story. You'll never know what happened. You'll never know how much money you won or you lost, or if Rick Pitino's horse did this or that. You won't know. You're here. Your story includes Thrive tonight. Your story is a series of decisions. Good ones, bad ones, some that seem to be unimportant, but they became a part of your story. And the choices that you make today, or tonight, will determine the story that you tell tomorrow. Everything builds upon itself. And in our series, My Story, we're, we're, we're basing that foundational truth on Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. You have your Bibles, turn there, if not, look with me on the screen, where it says this looking unto Jesus, the author, it's the storyteller, the perfecter of your story, the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured to the end of the story. When I think about my story, I think about choices that I made for the good and choices that I made for the bad. I think about how stupid I was at times, and I think about how sometimes God blessed my stupidity, God forgave my stupidity. I think about wise choices that I've made from time to time. I think about when I knew exactly what I was supposed to do and why I was supposed to do it. But my story has always been one of action. How about yours? Do you jump before you think? Anybody here? Yeah. Do you step in it before you know it's there? Amen? See, that's something you can say on Saturday night that you can't say on Sunday morning, right? And it's always been one of maybe removing the foot from the mouth from time to time. Because I... Very, very strongly believe what Andy Stanley said. Direction, not intention, determines your destination. You ought to write that down if that's not in your notes, because that's good. Direction, not intention, determines your destination. Now, how many of you woke up really alert and fresh with lots of plans by 9 o'clock this morning? Anybody? Anybody? How many of you woke up before noon alert, fresh, with lots of plans, right? And, and, and maybe because uh, you're organized or you have OCD or something, you even made a to-do list. Here's what I'm going to do today. Here's how, here's the time I'm going to do it. You know, whatever. Not me. Whatever happened by, I did. But if you never make your intentions action, it doesn't do you any good. And I've got great plans about the future of my story, some things I want to start, some things I want to stop, some places I want to go, Uh, great plans for the future of my story. But just planning, just hoping, just dreaming, just intending, doesn't get the story told, does it? Doesn't get the deed done. And until you're ready to determine your direction and begin to walk in that path, begin to make wise choices, begin to make godly choices, then you're never going to be who you want to be, and your story is never going to look like it should. Uh, Hebrews twelve two is such a cool verse because it says that God has already in some fashion, Jesus Christ himself has authored your faith story. He, he, and, and, and he's perfected it, or he's finished it. And so he has all of these amazing plans, and, and, and we know that they're out there, but so many of us never, ever take the steps to get to be where God wants us to be. Last week, as we began this series, we very intentionally talked about some things in our lives that we need to start and I ask you to write down on your, on your note sheet last week, here are some things, or one thing, one important thing, and you prayed about that each day at 1202. Here's what I'm going to start. Here's a new plan, a new idea, just this one thing. Well, we're going to turn that around this week, and we're going to do exactly the opposite. Here is what I'm going to stop. Now, that's tougher. Because if I was to name the sins or the stupid things that I need to stop, it'd take me a long time, and I'm going to have a hard time deciding which, is, is the, which thing is the most poignant in my life that I need to stop. But all of us know that there are certain things in our lives that if we don't quit doing, that if we don't cease immediately, they're going to have terrible effect on us. Amen. Anybody here perfect tonight? Anybody here not got anything in their life that they need to get rid of? Well, you can come up here and preach if you do. So I want you to begin to think about a myriad of things maybe, but begin to focus in and hone in on something, one specific thing that you need to stop. It's interesting if you look in Hebrews Just before verse 2 and verse 1, here's what it says before he says that Jesus is the author of our faith. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, those who've gone before, the saints of old, God in heaven, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us. You see what he's saying there? The writer of Hebrews is saying, since we have this faith story, and since Jesus is already at work authoring and perfecting that, there are some things that we need to lay aside, some sinful things, some negative things in our life, things that we need to put aside so that we can tell the kind of story that we want to tell, some things we need to stop. Moses was the deliverer of the children of Israel. Any of you seen the movie Ten Commandments? Seven of us. Any of you know the Ten Commandments? Eleven of us. That's good. Well, there was this movie back when I was a baby and Chad was 15. (laughs) Called the Ten Commandments. A guy by the name of Charlton Heston, who's in favor of... uh, Everybody having a gun. By the way, I saw that on TV the other day. He played the role of Moses. And everything went really well for a while. If you've read the Bible, you know they got the children of Israel out of Egypt. They parted the Red Sea. They swallowed up the Egyptians. Food fell from heaven like Burger King or something like that. And all these great things were happening. And the children of Israel were marching to the promised land. And problems began. Issues began. And in, in, in the book of Exodus, chapter 18, Moses calls his father-in-law for a conference. And his father-in-law is a guy by the name of Jethro. And Moses tells him, you know, I've got all of these people depending on me. There, There's hundreds of thousands of people following me across the desert. There's fighting and issues and battles and, and, and conflicts, and, and I'm trying to deal with everything. And Jethro said to him, see what it says there on the string? This thing that you are doing is what? Not good. You're trying to do too much. And it's literally going to wear you out. And if you read the rest of the passage, Jethro tells Moses in a word how to delegate. You've got to stop doing this. You've got to quit pretending that you're God. You've got to get some people to help you. You've got to start to get rid of a few things or else it's literally going to destroy your life. Going to destroy your life. You see, when there are things in our life that we're doing that are hurtful, harmful, negative, or, or just overwhelming, what we don't understand is that if we don't stop, we'll never know what we're missing. Never know what you're missing. I, I suppose all of us are guilty of doing things that uh, aren't very productive, Or perhaps doing things that are an outright offense to God. Those non-productive things, if we spend our hours doing things that really mattered, amazing what we might produce. Those things that are an offense to God, if we're keeping the blessing of God from coming our way, if we're keeping the joy of the Lord from coming our way, if we're missing out on a lot of good times as a result of that, because we're unwilling to quit, we might never know what we're missing. Somebody has a drinking problem. They might miss their kids grow up. Somebody has a technology issue. You know you got a technology issue. You know you're addicted when you bring your cell phone to the pulpit, right? You may get a call, guys. You never know. So many things that we're so consumed with, we, we never know what we're missing. And secondly, we never know what it cost us to keep doing those things that literally are destroying our lives. Cost us our health, cost us our time, cost us our energy, cost us relationships. That one thing that, that, that God is placing in your heart right now, that one thing that, that, that you know that if you don't stop, you'll never know what you missed, you'll never know how much it costs you, you'll never know the powerful effect that it has on your life. So I've got a couple of questions I want you to respond to, and if you uh, choose to do so, write these answers down. If not... Write them on your heart. The first one is this. In relationship to what I'm doing in my life and need to stop, what does God want me to want? It's kind of a prayer thing, isn't it? God, what do you want me to see, to know, desire? What do you want me to want? What better thing out there? What higher idea? What powerful force? Do you want me to want? And that question leads to the next, which very simply is this. What do I have to stop? Now I've already told you I could write down 15 or 20 things. Ethan, how about you? Seven? Seven, eight? Your grandpa's got more, I'm sure. <laughs> And here's what happens in my life. If, if, if I come and fall on my knees at this altar and confess a bunch of stuff and say, I'm going to stop 11 things this week, I'll be uh, a failure at all of them. Wouldn't you? So I want you to break it down and just think. One thing. Right here, right now. Here's the one thing I'm going to promise God that I'm going to do my best to stop. Because some of you have this really holy, pious attitude about yourself. You know, you feel really good. You've come to church on Saturday night. You're high and righteous and noble and good, and you can't even think of one thing. I'm going to plant a few seeds in your minds. You watch the screen as we talk about these things. Maybe, just maybe, when you leave here tonight, You might find somewhere where there's some really good beer, some Jack Daniels. Actually, tonight we drink mint juleps, don't we? You know, you just, you know, it's not a big deal maybe in your life, or maybe it is, and you just kind of find yourself thinking about it a lot, craving it, needing it, maybe alcohol. Maybe it's gone past that for you. And if it's not a little stronger, has a little more bite, some kind of drug to get you through the day or get you through the night, you know you should quit, but you can't somehow. Maybe it's time to say, God, take this from me. Give me the strength. Maybe it's a woman or a man that you know you shouldn't be anywhere around and there you are right in the middle of their life and you know if you were caught or had. Others had knowledge of the situation. It could break a lot of hearts, ruin a lot of lives. Maybe it's a secret, Sid, and you've got it hidden with a careful password on your computer. When nobody's looking, you know what you're looking at. Maybe you spend more time at the horseshoe than you do at home. Maybe you're in Indiana more than you're in Kentucky. Or maybe you found a way just to get on your computer and you go offshore every night. Maybe you're spending money that you don't even have. Maybe uh, you're having cigarettes and your house smells like our church smells tonight. I'm sure somebody was in here smoking, but I haven't been able to figure out who it was yet at 240. And you know that the... you know the things aren't good for you, but you can't find the strength to quit. Maybe you wouldn't do anything as nasty as smoking, but there's this little lump in your lip here, kind of an odd brown drool, kind of oozes out from time to time. I can remember my great-grandmother dipped, and she didn't dip skull. She'd go out there in the field and pull some off the, the stalk and dip. And my mom would always say to me, kiss granny goodbye. <laughs> you kiss granny, mom. <laughs> That's not getting near me. Maybe you're just a jerk. You, know, you gripe, you nag, you, you, you know, people see you coming and they run and you, know, you complain and moan, and you don't like anything about anybody, and you're wondering why you haven't been made a deacon. You're qualified. <laughs> Maybe you've forgotten what the truth is. Because. Your whole life is consumed by creating fantasies, lying, pretending to be something you're not. Your word means nothing. Maybe you're here tonight and you're looking around at other people's papers so you can go out of here and tell everything you've seen. Because you make yourself feel better about yourself by running other people down. Maybe your language, stories you tell, maliciousness, your tongue rules your life. Maybe you think you're living just like you ought to do, ought to, and you're working hard and busy and playing hard, but you never see your eight-year-old or your wife or your husband. Everything else is more important than what should be the most important. Maybe everything you see to eat looks good. You'll come up and have five wafers at communion. <laughs> <And> you just, <laughs> you know before you eat it that it's not going to be good for you, and it's going to blow you up, and you just keep eating. Maybe the only time you put down your iPhones to pick up your iPad, put your headphones on, play your video games. It's been so long since you've had a real conversation, you don't even know how to have one. Biggest problem in your life this week is they've changed Snapchat. Snapchat. Pretty easy to get addicted, isn't it? Maybe financially, you've run yourself, your family, into the ground spending what you don't have, buying what you don't need, paying for it with money that isn't yours. You see, I don't know about you, but man, just going down that list of things is pretty convicting. You see, I don't think God desires that our story look like that. And I think systematically and with a deep heart of love for us, God wants us to allow Him to give us the courage and the strength to just stop. So here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to pick one. Maybe you didn't make my list. Maybe yours is far worse. Or maybe you say, hey, I've I've never done any of that. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. So you're so spiritual that maybe you don't do these external things, but internally you're a self-righteous so-and-so. Maybe you need to lay down your pride. Pick up some humility. See, all of us have something we need to stop. Because it matters what our story will look like in a year. It matters to those who know us and love us. It it, it matters to those who will come behind us what our story looks like. It can mean heaven. Or it can mean pointing someone away from God. Our stories matter. So what do you need to do to stop? What do you need to stop? I want to ask that you just bow with me right now. Would you, in the quietness of this moment, just look towards heaven and say, God, here's my thing. And if you're like me, you're going to have to say, God, I I haven't been strong enough, willful enough, courageous enough to stop this. And I know that I can't without your help. And so, Father, I'm humbly and prayerfully asking you To help me write a different story, right here, right now, help me to stop. In Jesus' name, may Your power fall. Amen. Now, if you've got your cell phone with you, you've got your smartphone. I want you to take it out right now. I want you to turn it on. And I want you to go to your calendar application. Keeping in mind Hebrews 12.2 at 12.02 every day this week, I want you to stop and I want you to pray that same prayer we just prayed. God, help me to stop this. If you're awake at 12.02, two after midnight, pray it again. God, help me to stop this. God help those others who were worshipped with me to find the power and strength to stop. God help the preacher to stop. Pray doubly for me. But I want you to do that every day. We're going to continue to see what God's going to do. I've heard some great testimonies about stuff folks have started this week. There's good news. From what I can tell, though it's kind of dimly lit, everyone in here seems to be alive. Our stories aren't finished yet. What we start, what we stop, where we go still matters. Matters a great deal. Maybe a good place for you to start is at this altar tonight. We're going to sing in a moment. And if there's something more that you need to pray about, if there's a, a burden on your heart, a deep worry or concern, if you're not following Jesus, if he's not the author of your story, I don't want you to leave here. I don't want you to leave here not knowing that he's on your side to be your Savior. So you come and kneel at this altar pray with you. Come share in communion. One wafer, please. One wafer. You know, there's nothing more special than saying thank you to Jesus for being the author, the finisher, my salvation, my peace, my hope. Whatever it is God wants you to do, however he wants you to write your story.